Hello, I'm Wendy Yang, and welcome to Brief Exchange. In today's episode, we're chatting with Mimi Lee, Associate Solicitor at New South Wales Treasury. Welcome, Mimi, and thank you for joining us in the studio today. Thank you. Nice to be here. Well, I'm really excited to have a chat with you because you're currently an associate solicitor working in the Office of General Counsel at New South Wales Treasury. Um, Can I start by asking you what inspired you to pursue a career in law? Yep, sure. So I actually never wanted to become a lawyer. (laughs) I wanted to study psychology all throughout high school because I liked helping people. And I got to a point where I realised maths is not my thing and statistics is therefore not my thing. And I've always liked words. I've liked writing and reading. And people who knew me well um, always told me that law was a good fit for me. And so I didn't actually choose law in first year because I was stubborn. (laughs) (laughs) But the real catalyst for me in choosing law um, came when when I experienced being unpaid for a job that I was doing. Mm-hmm. So I was told that after a two-week trial, I would get paid, but after that two weeks, mm-hmm. I was not. And so I went to the SRC legal advisor at uni, mm-hmm. and she told me, you should have been paid for the trial as well. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, wow, she really just is able to help someone mm-hmm. who doesn't understand law. And one email from her is all it took for my boss to say, okay, I'll pay you for it entire period. Wow. And so that's when I realised having a knowledge and understanding mm-hmm. of law really mm-hmm. helps you understand society better. Mm-hmm. It's that underlying fabric of how we operate, how we're governed, what rights we have. So I realised having that knowledge will equip me to help other people who don't have that knowledge. And so I decided to transfer to law in second year and haven't looked back. And is this desire to help people what inspired you to move in-house and move into a more government solicitor-type role? Yeah, it's a really good question. I think I had had experience in government in an internship during university and I really enjoyed that public purpose that the work you're doing has and that tangible impact it has on the people of New South Wales. And so when it came to applying for grad programs and receiving the grad, uh, New South Wales Government Graduate Program offer of kind of a no-brainer to take it up. But at the time, I was actually in the general stream, which meant I did policy rotations for mm-hmm. an entire year. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to pursue a career in law full-time at that point. But I think doing policy really helped me to see the importance of law in government because this is an analogy I came up with, that policy is sort of like the vehicle mm-hmm. and law often acts as the fuel that makes the vehicle run. So when a policy is decided, it often needs to be implemented by legislation or procuring goods and services, you will need to negotiate and sign a contract mm-hmm. first. Um, and so realising the importance of law in government and how it can have a real positive impact on the initiatives. Um, I had a chat with my manager for my first rotation and I was really blessed that she was very supportive and encouraged me to do PLT while Mm -hmm. completing the policy graduate uh, rotation and arranged a secondment for me to join the Office of General Counsel in Treasury, Mm -hmm. which is an award-winning team. So I was really just fortunate to be working with people who are 
you know, the top in-house legal team in Australia and really got to see in action how lawyers in government can make a positive impact and use their skills to advise on really great initiatives. That's great because mm. I think when people think of what a government solicitor is and what they do, there's a lot of misconception. They think, oh, they just advise government. So can you tell us a little bit about what a typical day might look like for you? Mm. Yeah. Um, I think the good thing about being in Treasury legal team is that no two days quite the same, mm. which is exciting. Um, but if I were to pick a day, I would pick a Tuesday because it is a day <laughs> when our team is in the office and we have a self-catered delicious morning tea oh. um, <laughs> to start <laughs> off the day. And typically we would have legal requests that come through usually via email. Mm-hmm. And, and then if I needed to follow up to clarify any instructions, I will meet with the client, understand the legislative or regulatory framework that the question is operating in. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go away and do some research some statutory interpretation. Um, if it is a complex or specialised question, we sometimes would instruct the Crown Solicitor's Office because they're the experts in public law mm-hmm. and then we'll play a liaison function. But if it is a question that I um, am able to advise on and I'll draft the legal advice, my manager reviews it and I'll send it off to the client. So that would be a typical day, I would say, in, a, in the Office of General Counsel. And this might seem like a bit of a silly question, but do all government lawyers work in-house or how does that kind of work? Mm, That's a a good question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you've got the in-house government lawyers Mm. and the analogy I would give um, is we're like the GPs or the general practitioners. We diagnose the initial issues. Right. And if we need specialised advice, then we go to the specialists. Mm-hmm. Um, in government are the Crown Solicitor's Office. So they are still government lawyers, but they're not in-house. Do you get any opportunities to appear in court? Personally, no. But I have had colleagues who've had that opportunity and I have shadowed um, matters in that area, but personally I haven't had the opportunity. Okay, so what is the most exciting or I guess most interesting thing you get to work on in government that you probably wouldn't get the opportunity to in private practice? I think because of the nature of the work, I can't go into details about the work that I'm doing. But I guess the main difference is the work that we do in government has that public purpose and that's perhaps something that's not always found in the private sector. And you also spent some time working as a legal operations manager at Treasury. Um, So can you explain what legal operation is and how that applies in government? Yes, sure. So legal operations is actually quite an up-and-coming field. But we last year identified three areas that we wanted to work on in the legal operations space, namely business intelligence, knowledge management and training. And so a lot of the times legal operations are concerned with improving efficiencies and processes so that we can better serve our clients when it comes to doing the legal work. So in my time, I helped with implementing a new matter management system Mm -hmm. for our team. 
And that has been a really valuable experience because I get to branch out of the normal day-to-day legal advice giving and develop skills in project management. So that's been a really good experience. So as a government solicitor, what do you think is the most rewarding aspect of your job? That is also a very good question. (laughs) It's the most rewarding aspect. I think there would have to be a few. The first big one is obviously you know that the work that you're doing is helping to improve services or policies that will serve the citizens of New South Wales. Mm -hmm. And that's the overarching value-driven reward um, that comes out of it. Another rewarding aspect as an in-house government lawyer, I think, is the breadth and the variety of work that you're exposed to on a day-to-day basis. And it keeps things really interesting and stimulating in an intellectual sense, but also just, you know, seeing something in the news and being able to say, hey, I contributed in some way to that. And so... Another aspect is you get to work with a diverse set of people. Um, My clients are our Treasury colleagues and they have academic and professional backgrounds that are so diverse. There's economists, accountants, policy advisors. I just really enjoy learning from them from their perspective and not just learning from lawyers. So I think those will be the three most rewarding aspects of my job. Because I'd imagine it's quite different because what, if you're in private practice, your client you know, is are pe- basically people who come in and seek legal advice and, you know, legal assistance. Mm. Um, as a, I guess, in-house and also a government solicitor, mm. your client is effectively the government. So how do you kind of work with that kind of dynamic? Is it anything different um, about advising the government that you don't really get with private practice? Mm. Yeah, that's a question that we often think about as a legal team and our general counsel, Charles Cho, often um, brings out, you know, what makes a good government lawyer. And so I think it's not enough to be a good lawyer when you're in government. You're not only a legal advisor. You provide a legal lens to a lot of the policy and initiatives, Mm -hmm. but you also need to have insight into risk management or governance or Mm -hmm. the strategy of wider government and how... The decisions that are made following you giving advice might have practical implications. And so that's something that I find really exciting about practising in a government in-house team Mm -hmm. because you're not only a legal advisor, you're also a trusted advisor in other areas as well. So what do you think is the top skill that you need to have to be a government lawyer? (laughs) Oh, I don't think I'm qualified to answer that. (laughs) (laughs) So I will quote our general counsel, Charles, again. I remember when I first started in the OGC, I asked him what makes a good government lawyer and he told me two very practical and seemingly common sense things that are very wise and achievable because sometimes I think when you ask people for advice, they say really grandiose things that you think, oh, well, I'm I'm not going to achieve that until I'm 30 or something. (laughs) But Charles said, you need to be good at speed reading Mm. and attention to detail. And that has rung true throughout my work at the OGC. 
speed reading because often you will have lots of complex matters coming in at the same time and you really need to get across the documents, the briefs, the background really quickly. And attention to detail because you do need to pick out um, things like risk and how the wider implications. So those were the two pieces of advice that have stayed with me. Well, it's actually really impressive because you were only admitted in 2021? 22. Oh, 2022. Yes. Wow. So as a, <laughs> as a really, I guess, junior, like young lawyer, um, what's been the most challenging aspect of your role? Mm. I think the challenging aspect has been having the confidence to say, I don't know. Because a lot of times it's easy to feel imposter syndrome and it's easy also to want to help people and want to be able to give them an answer on the spot. But often the most helpful thing, if you don't know the answer, is to say, I don't know, I'll get back to you, I need to do my research. Mm. And so that has been a lesson that I'm continuing to learn. And is that the best piece of advice that you have received about being a lawyer? Ooh. <laughs> um I think along with attention detail, speed reading, uh, the confidence to say I don't know is something that my manager, Fiona, has been teaching me. And, yeah, I would say that, it, that those are the best advice that I have been given. So what advice or tips would you give other young lawyers who are contemplating a move in-house or into government? Yeah, Um I would say the number one thing is to keep an open mind because often in law school, at career fairs, it's really easy to think clerkships is the only path forward Mm. and that if you don't get a clerkship, game over, no more career in law. Mm. But even if government law is not something that you see at career fairs, it's not an option that is shut out. Mm -hmm. And... And I say keep an open mind. I both mean like don't have to closed view of yourself that you think oh, I'll never be interested in that or uh, it's impossible for me to go down that path. Mm. But also not to have too low of a view of yourself in thinking oh, I'm not good enough for that or I don't have enough experience for that. Um, I think for me I've been really blessed to have the right people placed in my life at the right time and encourage me to seek out new opportunities and to try and ask for new opportunities. And when those opportunities did come up, my first reaction was not, ah, nah, it's more, I'll think about it, Mm. even if it's something I hadn't considered before. So I think keeping an open mind, especially when you're young and junior, is really important because you do want to soak up as much experience and skills as possible before you find out what your passion is. And do you get an opportunity to be mentored by someone within government? Do you have a mentor? Hmm. So in terms of legal mentor, I would say my manager, Fiona, and Charles as general counsel, they're both very approachable and very generous with their time, even though they are very busy people. Uh, In terms of non-legal mentors, yes, um, the government graduate program um, arranges mentors for you. So I've had a mentor um, who worked in the office of secretary. Her name was Catherine. She's left government now, but we still keep in touch. And also just like accidental mentors along the way (laughs) like my manager from first rotation who encouraged me to do PLT Mel she's become a really good friend so I've just 
really been enriched by people who are generous and who want to invest in junior lawyers and junior employees. That's fantastic. Well, Mimi, thank you so much for joining us in the studio today. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Brief Exchange is a production of the Law Society of New South Wales. Today's episode was hosted by me, Wendy Yang, and the executive producer is Francisco Silva. Don't miss out on future episodes. Subscribe to Brief Exchange on your preferred podcast app or visit lsj.com.au. See you next month for another episode of Brief Exchange.